The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. Well, it says we're live. Actually, it does. now it says we're live. So we're uh, welcome back. I'm Pat Lynch. I'm your host here for Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that takes a look at business ups, downs, challenges, and successes uh, in these trying times that we find ourselves in. Although we keep talking about the new normal, the next normal, the temporary normal, um, it's really same old, same old. Uh, we deal with change all the time. So um, we should be able to adapt to it. And that's one of the things that we specialize in. Um, uh, myself and my cohort, Dr. Lauren Murfield. Um, say hello, Doc. Hey, guys. It's great to be back. Four months now we've been doing this program. Lots of good things and well, ready for a pivot. But we'll talk about that later. But it's good, Pat. We got a special show for him today, don't we? Oh, holy crap. We do have a special show. Our guest Holy expert. crap. Holy crap. I've heard that before. Oh, that's a term, Doc. You may have missed that. It, there is this podcast that is blowing up all over uh, podcast land, and it is called, get this, Doc, get this. Holy crap. How'd they do that? That's brilliant. And, it's a show that it's a show that takes a look at disruptive thinking, and uh, I'm proud to host it. Actually, the show is hosted by Get This Doc and the Cop, Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's the doc, and uh, I happen to be the cop. And so we're together. We're Doc and the Cop. We're having a great time, and we take a look at disruptive thinking. Listen to it where you listen listen to podcasts. We go back 500 years. We go ahead 50 years. There's some amazing things that are in the works now uh, that are being done all around the world that we're talking about that just show intensive, immense, disruptive thinking. We're not talking thinking outside the box. The box has been blown up and spread out that you can't even recognize there was ever a box there. You know, Pat, one of the things that I know I have people email me or talk to me and they'll say, okay, you got two podcasts. What's the difference? The way I like to explain it is the holy crap. How'd they do that? We're looking at things from the past and maybe not, not too recent a past going back to 500 years ago, but we're looking at those. And then we challenge people to think bigger and reach higher during that. But in this one, we're looking at trends, bends, and opportunities. We're not looking back. We're looking right now. What's going on? What are people doing right now that are finding opportunities as they bend to meet the trends, right? It, it, it's just looking back. If you want a history lesson, if you want to see lessons from the past, go to holy crap, because there are some fun lessons there, no question. But this one's here and now. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking for what are people doing that are off the charts good. 
and, and Doc, like you said, we've been doing both of them. We started both of them right around the same time. Uh, one was planned before COVID and one came along because of COVID. TBO, as we like to call it, Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, came along because of COVID. Doc, which one's your favorite? Uh, it's two sides of the same coin. It, it's it's uh, because, you know, the one thing that we do with TBO is we're, and we're getting ready to pivot and do some other things with it. But we're always going to have live, or we're always going to have guests on this show. And so it's fun to talk to the guests. It's fun to talk to get their mindset of what they were doing and how they did it. We got some good shows going up. We got, you know, Ken Reed, that's that uh, he's, he was involved with security at the Dutch embassy. And so he's seeing things from a very um, international level. Got Jackie Polito, a local politician, seeing the, the whole thing about um, elections coming up. We got Debbie Lundberg coming back and talking about the recovery from kidney surgery. And you know, we go out with these things and it's just fun to talk to their stories, but it's also fun to go back into the history and say, what did we do? How, how did that come about? Like the, uh, the polio vaccine and realizing it took them 20 years after the first first vaccine that failed and killed people, killed kids, to, to develop it. And, and he didn't even patent it. Um, it's just fun to look at those lessons. So each one, uh, I should probably run for office by vacillating between the two. But I like both of them equal. Yeah, they're, they're, they're both so, so, so much fun to do. Um, we've talked to some great people on trends, bends, and opportunities uh, with some amazing people from literally all over the world. Um, we've talked to FBI agents, uh, infectious disease doctors, uh, business leaders, thought leaders, people that have done amazing things and are continually, continually doing amazing things. And uh, I, can't, I can't wait what uh, lies in store for the show coming up uh, in September. There's a lot of surprises coming up. There's, a lot, there's some really big stuff coming up ahead. Um, this, this show is blowing up too. Um, and I agree, the Holy Crap podcast, we had a lot of fun on that. Spent, spent some time researching and bantering back and forth about some of these ideas and just the thought processes that these people went through. And one of the things that you start to see, there's some common threads um, for people who think that way. And again, it's, it's, they're not standing on the box. They've, they've blown the box up. And uh, Doc, talking about that, before we get into today's talk, what do we have coming up uh, this week and maybe even next week? Well, this, this the Thursday, uh, today we're talking about uh, reality check, it's a, realty, it's a realty check. A little bit there. Instead of reality, we're talking about realty. We're talking, we're in my corner now. We're in my wheelhouse. We're talking real estate and we're talking Tampa real estate. Why it's a Especially. great, great time to be involved with real estate. But then on Thursday, we're going to talk about this is a great time to pivot. Or this is the time to pivot. And we're going to get into it. Uh, don't get put off by the word pivot. Yeah, I know you've heard a lot. But it is a crucial, crucial um, word, and we're gonna we're gonna get into it and talk about the timing, why this is the time to pivot, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but right now is the time to pivot, 
and what pivots do you need to make, what pivots we're making, and we'll go into more about how we're pivoting the show. Once again, we're pivoting, and it's great. But um, there's there's one other thing that I want our audiences to understand is, Pat, somebody asked me, who's your avatar? Who is it that who is it that this show is for? Can you give them a rundown of who we're looking for? Who is it that we're looking to really connect with on this show? Trends, bends, and opportunities is all about connecting business leaders at all levels. Okay, leader is a loosely defined term uh, in a lot of organizational structures. Um, we're not talking about official rank. We're talking about people that actually lead. Do you agree, Doc? Well, and I think we can even narrow it further. We're, we're talking about, you know, if, if you're a, a leader of a small business or an entrepreneur, this is exactly where you need to be. If, if exactly. I'm sorry? Doc, exactly. You talk, to, talk about Jeff Gigante that was on the show. They told him he couldn't, have his, he couldn't serve people in his restaurant. He said, you know what? We'll bring the restaurant to you. And we'll, and we'll make the same experience. We'll cook the food, we'll bring you the bottle of wine, we'll, we'll, and then we'll sit there and we'll show you how we made it. And we'll talk with the chef and we'll talk with, and we'll bring in, and we'll bring in a fun and entertaining guy that's actually gonna reproduce your recipe in the kitchen while you're sitting in the safety and comfort of your dining room table at home. And they, and, and, and they have been going gangbusters. With yeah, those and things. I mean, you know, and, and you know, Greg Woodward in sales, which brings up another one. One of the people we're, we're looking at is leaders in sales or people that, people that want to be leaders in sales. You know, it's like you need to think bigger and reach higher. This isn't sales training per se. We're helping everybody to think bigger and reach higher. If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. And another one, maybe we save this one for last for the reason, real estate. You know, you're a broker. And we want to touch those, and that's why we're having the show today. We want to help people understand now is the time. So we're going to talk about pivoting on Thursday, but right now we need to talk about a reality or reality check. And so with that, Pat, what's going on in the world of real estate right now that people would be thinking about? Now is the time to pivot. Now is the time to take it to another level. Now's the time to change our thinking. I'll tell you what, the, the, the word pivot comes to mind um, for sure, uh, because we're seeing a pivot. The market, all four Florida major metropolitan markets, think of what those are, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, and Miami, all four of those are, have exceeded pre-pandemic levels. Let that, soak, let that soak in for a second, Doc. The market, just like the rest of our economy, was on fire. And then we kind of shut things down and we locked people down. And we did it for good reasons. And we're not, we're not here to debate any of that. But what we're talking about is we had a market that was really, really strong. And, and then we shut it down. 
we turn the faucet off. And so then, you're telling me that it's actually better than before the pandemic? Better than before the pandemic. And I'm gonna, I will bore you with some stats in a minute, but I wanted that to sink in for, for folks that we're actually stronger. The market is stronger in July of 2020 than it was in January of 2020. And the reason that I want that to sink in, because if you're not in the, if you're in the real estate business, you know why that should matter, because July is a slow month. Yeah. It's coming. The drink. Oh, here we go. Get your drink coming. There's, this has not been a snow day for the past four months. There you go. There's your snow day. About the snow day. By the way, if you're just joining us, every time Pat says snow day, you got to take a drink. Yep, we even if it's just alcohol. water, uh, you have to take alcohol. a drink. Yeah. So, but here it, here it is. July and August are usually the slow months, especially in Florida. It's hot. People are on vacation. Um, it's kind of the slow period for us. So for July to be stronger than January, now think of what January is in the state of Florida. We call that prime time, right? Because the yeah. month of January is when everybody that doesn't like snow comes to Florida. <laughs> and you know, when I moved on 15 years ago, the big thing was to have a great big Cadillac and a scooter on the back. <laughs> I That's think they come standard now. No option there, right? But it's, but it's like, so yeah. January is great because everybody says, hey, I want to live here. Guess what? I did that. We came down only it was, I don't think it was January. I think it was later. But it's like, hey, wouldn't this be cool? Palm trees. Yeah, this would be great. So you're telling me people come down in the heat of July and they want to stay here? Is that what's going on? That's exactly it. They may have... Uh, it, it, they may have, I'm sorry, I was typing some, a comment, uh, replying to a comment on Facebook. Um, that's exactly what happened. People, people are back in the market. Um, so, you know, what would have been normally a slow July, people are making up for that. And again, let's re do a little bit of history lesson. Most of us haven't forgot all this. We didn't have the shutdown till mid-March, right? We didn't know about the virus in January. As far as as far as caring about it, somebody might have known about it. They, you may have heard a mention of it somewhere, but we did not, uh, as as you know, buyers and sellers in the world and people operating our businesses, we weren't. We, nobody cared about it in January, so January was not being held back by anything other than life. Then again, July. So there's this pent up demand that obviously is bringing some of that uh, because people were cooped up and. And, you know, if you've been cooped up and you're in New York City or New York State you're th or, and you're thinking, hey, I was going to move to Florida soon anyway, maybe they're thinking get a jump on things. Um, but mm -hmm. let me just, I'll share a couple numbers with you just to show because it's, um, it's kind of um, staggering. So in July, in our market, so the Tampa Bay market, there were... 17,866 houses sold. And I, I, there's no test at the end. So, so I was going to share the graphic. Seven, 17,000 homes sold. 17, almost 18,000 homes, which is 15% higher than the previous month, right? Okay. Previous Again, month. 
previous month, just in June, again, we're still in the, you know, we're still handling the virus. And so we'd expect to see that. But Doc, it's up 9% over July of 2019. Wow. Wow. So that's, in other words, this doesn't appear to be just a fluke. Um, pending sales during the same period are up 14% over July. Um, there, there's a lot to be told about that. Sales volume is, 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 uh, is a huge one. July of 20, the, those 17,866 homes added up to $5.6 billion. Doc, are you ready for this? That sold sales volume that's up 9% over last year is up 23% over July of 2019. Well, how are they doing that if all these realtors are taking snow days? <laughs> well, you know, there's some realtors that are taking snow days and there's some realtors who are pivoting. And the word, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too much, but the word that they're using is they're pivoting to become pivotal. Because pivotal doesn't only, doesn't only mean the ability to move with the times. It's a matter of being relevant with the times. And that's what people have been missing out on. And there's some realtors that have been getting rich during this, and there's some realtors that are still sitting on the couch having a snow day. If you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. Well, we had John Marshall on the other day, and he's talking about sales and talking about networking. And he's talking about, you know, that he was stunned for about 23 seconds, and then he says, let's go. And that, that's, that's what you got to do, you know. And it's like, and the, the market's going great. So I was on a call oh, two, three months ago, and they were moaning and complaining. There was mortgage people, there's real estate, and they said, yeah, there's nothing going on. And they're even poo-pooing it saying, those people that say they're doing stuff, they're really just driving truck or something. You know, they're not really making it. That's like, I wonder what he's saying now. I wonder what they're saying now. Well, again, and, and Doc, and just to, just to break down the numbers, I'm going to share just, just for a minute, just so people see, I'm not pulling this out of the sky. These are the stats from Stellar MLS, which is our multiple listing service in this area, there's the, the uh, there's four across and two, two rows on the bottom row, second, second from the left, total sales volume, July of 2020, 5.6 billion, up 17% over the previous month and up 23% over the previous year. That is staggering. There has not been a snow day for realtors, um, not the ones who wanna work, not the ones who wanna earn money, um, not the ones who want to help people, which on our coaching call this morning with my agents, we talked about that. We're not in the business of selling homes. We don't help people buy homes. We don't help people sell homes. We help people. It's a mindset shift that 
if you haven't pivoted that, you're missing out on a lot of stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm going to stop sharing because I know it's hard for folks to read, especially if they're on the, uh, um, if they're, they're driving or something, but I'll post this graphic uh, on our Facebook page here in a minute. And um, you can always uh, ask me for a copy of it, but it's, it's amazing what's out there, what the opportunities that are out there. Uh, I've got an article here. Let me see. Experts say homes are flying off the market in uncertain times. I'm going to put that graphic back up for just a minute. Doc, look at the bottom right corner. Months of inventory. July of 2020, there's two months of inventory. In June, there was 2.6 months. And in July, there was 2.9. So almost three months of inventory. Now, if you're not in the real estate business, you don't necessarily know what that number is. And I'm not going to say that people don't won't get it. But the way that number is calculated is if every house that's on the market now sold with no new houses coming on the market, in two months, you'd have no more houses to sell. Doc, do you know when the last time the numbers were that low? Oh, no. I'm thinking Jimmy Carter was in the White House. You it's, mean, it's a long time ago, Doc. Even, even 08 and 09, we didn't have that? No, we had way, way more inventory available. Yeah, yeah. 08 and 09 had, had sometimes much bigger numbers. So then and what, what about 04 and 05 when everything was red hot? Still but, wasn't? We, we, we weren't that low then. Wow. We had more inventory. Now, one of the other things that is fueling some of this is builders aren't overbuilding like they were. Obviously, they had a big shut. There was a big shutdown during the shutdown because not only weren't people buying houses, but people weren't producing lumber and drywall and paint and carpet is, and that kind is, of stuff. Is this uh, specific to the Tampa Bay region or is this national? This is a Florida. This is a Florida thing. It's fairly. It's fairly national. Um, in pockets, uh, you know, there are people. You hear reports of mass exoduses out of New York City. Um, which, you know, again, in, in a city that has 8 million people, a mass exodus, um, it really depends on how you define a mass exodus. Because, you know, probably the number of people who move into or out of that city on a daily basis is bigger than the town you grew up in. Yeah. Wow. Right? That's not hard for me. <laughs> right. One person walks out the door and we, you know, that's a different story. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I talked to my son out in Seattle, and he's talking about the same thing out there. Housing prices going up, and, you know, and it's, it's such a booming economy, even with Amazon and Microsoft and these play, places that are working remotely from home until probably next year. Which, Pat, I don't know if we're ready to move on, but one question I have is, what's propelling this change? What, why, why are we seeing this? Is it pent up demand? So is this gonna run out here in a couple months? Everybody that wants to move is gonna move or uh, what, what, what's causing all these sales? Well, well I mean, the, the, so, you know, the real, real estate is a product of su supply and demand. Um, supply is being, you know, I think artificially reduced by the fact that, you know, maybe if I don't have to sell, I'm not going to because I don't want people traipsing through my home during this coronavirus. So that's 
feeling part of this, but those numbers, if you look at it, if you look at that, that stat sheet, um, in July of last year, we had 2.9 months worth of inventory. So it's not a huge, uh, difference. But we didn't, um, in all fairness, we didn't sell many houses there in April, right? No, no, obviously there was, it, well, we still had houses because deals move a month or two behind. So we're starting to see some of that. Um, but, you know, Florida remains an attractive place. Uh, they, they, you know, they haven't ordered snow here in a number of years. Um, the, you know, obviously the income tax is, is very favorable because we don't have one. Um, property taxes are fair. I know I won't say that when I'm writing the check to the property or the tax collector, but compared to other states, our taxes are fairly inexpensive. Um, and uh, Florida is uh, very favorable towards business. And so we have good weather, we have good locations, we have good infrastructure. Yeah, we could use, a, we could use some improvements here and there, but overall compared to a lot of these other states, these high tax and spend states, um, businesses are coming here, small businesses, medium-sized businesses um, are, are coming here all over Florida because we've got a lot to offer. Be sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. Housing is fairly inexpensive. The taxes are low, you know, and, and now when you can work remotely or virtually, work from home, whatever label you want to use, if you've got options of where you want to work. So is, is that changing the market, this whole virtual work workplace? Well, I think in the, in the long term, we're going to see that. In the short term, not so much, but in the long term, we will. I think, I think you'll see, uh, we've already seen one of the big builders is now producing a house that has two home offices. Um, so that, so that be realizing that, you know, even though you might like to share office space, if you're both working from home full time, I mean, working remotely, but we're talking logistics here, is if you're working from the home, you both can't sit in the same single room and be on Zoom calls or be taking phone calls or focusing. And so as, as nice as it is to have that space, you're seeing, and, and basically the design they have is they're, they're not really full size rooms they are about the size of a den, but about half the size of a den. And with some double doors that when you need it closed, um, it, you can close it, but other than that, it's open because there's a lot of times uh, when I'm working remotely, uh, my wife is working remotely, um, there's a lot of times where, you know, we can talk to each other and we can communicate back and forth, but there's times where I'm doing something where I need to focus on the phone or she's doing something and she needs to focus on the phone or the computer. And so, um, well, and, design changes. And I don't have any trouble with the, the phrase working from home because I've done it for 17 years. I've used my home office as my main office. So in that sense, I'm not working remotely. That's where I work. Um, well, yeah, when you work at the club or when you work from Savannah or you work from your son's house, that's working remotely. And, and a lot of times it's a matter of semantics. We get caught up in the, in the semantics part of things. 
um, you know, working virtually, you know, while I'm physically, I've got a computer in front of me and, you know, the, the internet is, allows us to do a lot of things. We're going to see a lot of changes there um, in businesses, um, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, you know, a good friend of mine works for a company. They have four floors in a rather large office building and they're bursting at the seams. Well, one way they could double their space would be to split the office in two and have half the, you know, have half the people work uh, half the week at home and the other work and share an office. And voila, you just doubled your office space and not increased your rent one bit. And, and I know the critics out there will be saying, you haven't seen my office, I can't split it in half. And we get that. But there's, there's things that are happening, and uh, I'm sure we'll have Elliot Ross on again with the uh, commercial real estate. will give us some ideas what the opportunities that happen there. But then there's a whole idea of space sharing, you know, like um, uh, these, uh, you know, these shared places where you come in and you need it for a certain time. You maybe use this one or that one. No, you don't have your file cabinet. You don't have this, you don't have that, but you know, file cabinets are becoming quickly become a thing of the past anyway, right? Well, so, when you get to where you're working virtually or remotely, um, you know, I have a four terabyte external hard drive that I can take every document I've ever had in my hand with me. I take my file cabinet with me, and it's about the size of my iPhone. And I'm I'm getting I come ready. up to full speed, and I don't need an internet connection for that. And I'm I'm getting ready to do a uh, Office 365 that would give me the same type of access without the. And I've got the hard drives, the externals, but it's like that gives me a chance that no matter where I am, I can plug in. It's there, and it serves as a backup. So yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's the other thing you'll see in the future is there'll be some redundancy. Uh, we our internet was down twice in the last week and a half probably because of storms, probably largely attributed to a lot of overuse because they're getting a lot of use because a lot of people are working from home. So um, I think the, the, uh, the providers are going to be busy keeping up with the times. Um, and, and, but I think yeah, if you go back to the real estate part of things, the demand I think is going to continue to be there as long as uh, Florida is, has a beneficial, you know, clearly this, they're not taking away the sunshine and the beaches. So as long as they don't bring in a property, uh, and, you know, huge property tax increases, uh, they don't get away with put in, instituting a, an income tax uh, or a tax on your savings or a tax on your pension uh, check. Uh, like a lot of these big states, like a lot of the, it's funny because we talk about big states and like we're a pretty big state. <laughs> um, we just kind of grew up overnight in over, over the terms of, you know, 50 years. And uh, Florida has had sustained growth for a very long time, not just because of the weather, but because of the, um, the economic reasons. And I think we're going to, and it, it, I think Florida will benefit even more the, the more virtual we become, because one of the logistics things for Florida is we're not really in the middle of a hub. Right. For a business that's located in, say, Lexington, Kentucky or Louisville, Kentucky, that's kind of like the middle of the country. And so if they have a distribution center or whatever, well, we've already seen where, you know, companies like Amazon, you need a million square foot uh, distribution center about every hundred miles. So having a headquarters in Florida would not, especially if 
80% of your people are working remotely or virtually from home, um, it really doesn't matter where your headquarters is then. Well, that's, that's the reason that we moved from Pennsylvania down here because as I was opening up my executive coaching business, I was looking, I says, I can do this from anywhere. And at that time I was looking getting on a plane, but even so, um, and we knew that the internet was coming and it was really developing in 04, but the whole idea that we can, we can do it anywhere now. And, and that's what this pandemic has shown us is that as long as we have an internet connection, we can go anywhere. We can, we can connect with anybody. We can, we can do it. I don't even need the physical books behind me anymore because they too can be on electronic. I can take all of them with me. Uh, I can do my sales of books. I can do webinars. You and I are putting together a program that we're gonna be talking about before too long that is literally all virtual. Um, we can do it from anywhere. And we don't have to have an office space. And if we don't have an office space, it's saying, wait a minute, if I'm gonna spend time in my home, I don't wanna live in what I lived up in Pennsylvania was in 1929 Cape Cod. It would have worked, but uh, I haven't had to shovel any snow down here. We've only had to be concerned about one hurricane in 15 years. And that's really Tampa Bay. We don't normally have to worry about hurricanes. They usually go around us. If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. You know, one of the things, you know, Doc, as you're talking, um, these opportunities that have come as a result of this pandemic, because they really are opportunities, they didn't force us to pivot. They gave us the opportunity to pivot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. you know, again, it's a matter of, it's a matter of thinking of, of how to, how you frame that. But when you think of the fact that, this this didn't force us to change it allowed us to change business you know businesses would have never tried to do some of the things they were trying to do i, I bought i bought a set of golf balls from dick sporting goods i ordered them online i got in the car i drove a mile and a half from my office to the dick sporting goods and the, and i i sent a text message uh, saying I was there and the guy walked out, put the golf balls in the trunk, shut the trunk nicely. I say slam the trunk, shut the trunk nicely. And I was on my way. In three months ago, three months prior, they, they, they would have laughed you out of their store if you said, hey, could you send somebody out to schlep these out into the parking lot, put them in my car so I don't even have to park? Absolutely. And, and that's, a, that's something, and I'm not knocking Amazon because I know you just got a package today. I'm sure I have at least one sitting on my front porch. Um, but that's something even Amazon can't do. They're trying to do those kind of things where the delivery is, is just super fast. But this even beats trying to align it up with delivery because all somebody had to do is run to the shelf real quick, grab that box of golf balls, and meet me at the curb. Bingo. 
And, you know, and you're seeing that with grocery stores, you're seeing, you know, Walmart has that, Target now has that, and, you know, uh, Pizza Hut has it, Domino's Pizza has it, you know, the touchless delivery and things. And, and it's because of the virus, but it's not that the virus forced us to do it. It gave us the opportunity to destroy the box. And, you know, you know, Pat, shameless plug, but this book that it just revised, Making More Money in Tough Times. And it goes to the question you're asking about real estate and business and being leaders and pivoting. It's asking one question. How can I help you? How can I help you today? How can I help you? And when, we're, when we get off of this thing, well, no, our policy doesn't allow us to do that. Well, who wrote the policy? You guys probably did. You wrote the policy. And then, and then to come back and, and instead say, how can I help you? What do you need? What can I do to make it easier for you to do business with me? And when we take that attitude, and so that's where the home designers, not just making the home design the way it was. And there's one thing about my house, 15 years old, that I don't like. And, it, and I knew it when I bought it, but they wouldn't change it. Because where the TV was, it's set in a vertical box in a kind of almost a big pot shelf type of thing, built-in entertainment. And I said, can we redesign that? No, we can't do that. I'm wondering if somebody came in today, if they wouldn't say, let's take a look at that. Because look at the shape of the boxes we're in today. That's the way the TV looks. It's not the other way. Instead yeah, of higher, well, some of the design changes are going to you're going to continue to see those kind of design changes come along. You know, it used to be kind of rare to have a microwave above the uh, stove, now it's kind of rare not to have one. Absolutely. Uh, and so, I mean, that's just what happens with that's technology. Been, that's um, been and the builders years. are a lot of times way behind. Um, my cousin works for a company called Hanley Wood, and they produce a lot of uh, industry publications. And that's one of the things that they used to do to stay up on the market. Her husband worked for them for a while, and he would go around and meet with architects and builders to see what the latest and greatest was so that they could get that stuff into their publications and out into the field to, to stay up on it. Because, you know, some guy has an idea and Beaumont, Texas, and the next thing you know, it's taken shape across the country. But you know, if, if you're just following what somebody else is doing, you're not leading. You oh, follow. absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's why it drives me nuts. It's like when you say, how can I help you? And especially in home, you say, how can I help you? Well, I'd really like this. Oh, we can't do that. That's crazy. But I do want to get back to what we we're talking about, the opportunities, and it's probably real obvious, but it's a great time to be in real estate, isn't it, as, a, as an agent or a broker? It's a great time. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a seller's market um, for the most part. We were kind of going to a balanced market. Um, now inventory is so tight that it's a little bit more of a seller's market. Um, most more, some areas stronger than others. Um, 
and certainly not the seller's market that it was in 2004, uh, where, where, you know, today something will sell for 300 and tomorrow it'll sell for 325 and the next week it'll sell for 375. And I mean, it was getting crazy there for a while at the end. We're not seeing it quite that bad. And at least in, in my experience, sellers are being a little more realistic, realizing that you're not going to squeeze every last dime out because you do have less buyers at the table as well uh, in most areas. Um, even if there's demand, uh, you still have less people. And mortgage, even though mortgage, mortgage rates are crazy low um, and uh, refinances are, are ultra cheap for anybody who's looking to refinance. I'm not in the mortgage business, but if you want to reach out, I'll give you a couple of names. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, the rates are cheap, and, but the standards have been increased a little bit because of COVID. Uh, some people lost their jobs for a time. Uh, some people's credit took a hit. Some people haven't been making their house payments. Uh, people who could qualify uh, six months ago can't qualify today. So buyers uh, are, you know, sellers are still in a good position, but there's also less buyers because less, you know, some, for, for a couple of months, you had, buyer, you had several buyers that couldn't buy at all because they were out of work. Nobody's going to loan them a 30-year mortgage if you're not working. If you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. So, Pat, um, I know our time has drawn, drawn close here, but one question, hopefully it's not too deep of a question, is, is this affected by a political year, campaign year? Does that help? Home sales or for real estate, I, I don't think you see that. I don't, I, I don't think the economists pick that out. Uh, I was talking with somebody earlier that, you know, Wall Street, as a general rule, presidential election years is usually pretty volatile, uh, especially the closer you get to the election. And it's not that they want, want necessarily want one person over the other, although they may and their, their policies may, may affect that. One thing Wall Street doesn't like is the unknown. And that's what scares the market gets scared with the unknown. And so, you know, just not to get too political, but Trump's been in office for almost four years. They know the market knows Trump. Not whether they like trust, no like and trust him is that's a whole different story, but they know what they're getting from him. With a Biden in the in the White House, they don't know exactly what, how favorable he is or isn't going to be because, unfortunately, and again, not to not to be political, but unfortunately, politicians lie. Only when they make moving. They, they make promises that they never intended to keep, and they say, "I'm for this," but really, they're not. They're only saying that to get elected. And again, Republicans do that. Democrats do that. Conservatives do that. Liberals do that. Libertarians do that. Uh, Green Party members do that. Unaffiliated independents do that. Um, it's called campaigning. That's what they do. Right. Uh, we joke about this the other day, you know, I'm for clean water. Well, who the heck isn't for clean water? 
but how are we going to get the water clean and what are we going to do to keep it clean and do we agree on that that's where the problem is and that's where wall street has issues is the wall street starts to get nervous that's why it's amazing that the market is rebounding so strong after the after the shutdown due to the coronavirus um, to see that it's back stronger than ever the real estate market continues to mimic that, which it should, um, because there's a lot of lot of money in housing, right? Um, and uh, the opportunity, and the opportunity is there for buyers. The opportunity is there for sellers. But most importantly, the opportunity is there for realtors. Okay, we talk no, about I trends, bends, and opportunities. Well, the trends is sales are high and up, and they're back. And I'm going to put it back up just so you can see it. No, I'm not because they closed it apparently. No, there it is. Well, and, and the other thing is, we don't know where it's going for sure. We can't see whether this is a cyclical trend, whether it's a hard trend, a soft trend. We can't see all that. But we can look back and we can say, well, that's what's going on so far. And we can look around and we can say it's going well now. Well, and that's why when we compare stats, and most businesses do this, right? We compare the same time period a year ago and we compare the previous month. We're trying to see a month to month and a month and a month uh, exactly a year apart. And then what influences that? And uh, th so the opportunity clearly, according to the stats, the opportunity is there. But here's the thing. Um, the deals are not, do not just fall in your lap. You talk about a pivot or being pivot pivoting to become pivotal. We're going to talk more about that coming up. But to pivot, there's your opportunity. There's your bend. There's your there's the opportunity that goes with that bend, is becoming relevant, staying relevant with the people who are looking to buy and sell homes. And again, it's part of it is a mindset mindset shift of getting off the. Um, I'm here to sell houses. You're not here to sell houses. You're here to help people. Yeah. When you help enough people achieve their dreams, you'll achieve your dreams. Zig Ziglar that's, said that. That's and, just uh, why I brought this book out because it's that's where you're going to make more money is when you're looking and you're saying, how can I help you? It drives me nuts with these people that have sat on their hands saying there's nothing I can do. Well, you can pick up your phone and you can call your past customers. And you can, and not to, not to make another sale, but say, how can I help you? You know, what is it you need? Maybe I, you know, I can serve as a liaison and get that. Um, well, and, and we'll end on this tidbit before you give a challenge, Doc, in line with what you just said. I hear this from agents and they say, but I don't know what to say. And if they say they need something, I don't know what to do. I've got this little device that I keep um, handy. Um, it's secret. I don't like to share it with people. I call it my iPhone. Ooh. And if somebody said that they didn't have food to put on the table, I'll bet you I could Google in there uh, where to find some food. Okay. Just because somebody, you ask somebody what they need, you're trying to be a resource for them. You're not committing to putting a new roof on their house. You're, you're committing to give them a referral for a roofer if that's what they need. If they need food for their table, they're not asking you to, and I'm not telling you, we're not going to teach you to, to, to provide meals to your people. That's not what you do. What you do when you ask is, what do you have a need? 
I'm going to connect you with somebody that can help you with that need. Yeah. And, and, the, and the more you reach out to help people uh, alleviate that need, I call that compassion. That's what I've written on it. But it's like the more relationships you build, uh, Adam Grant, give and take. He talks about the givers are the ones that come out on top, not the takers. People don't want to work with the takers. Not even the matchers don't compare, but the givers. And um, I just think, uh, Pat, as we go to a challenge, I think we got to think bigger. Um, when it comes to real estate, there's people that have dismissed it. I think you, you got to stop. Quit telling yourself the lies and you say, get out there and start building connections. You know, start with the people you know and say, how can I help you? And then start and find out who else, who's out there, who, who might need a house or who might want to sell a house. How can I build relationships? How can I start by saying, how can I help you? And, and from there, you reach out, you build a connection. You build your network is what it really means. That's not just a paid group you go to to pass leads, no, or referrals. No, you build your network. Who do I know? Pat, you have your own network as a broker. You know your mortgage people, your repair people, your whole nine yards. You've, you've got your network that you know, like, and trust. But it's like, how can I help you? What do you need? And then you pass it on. Be that pivot person. They give it to you. You look and see where you're going, then you pass it off to somebody who can, can help them solve the problem. Think bigger, reach higher, and then that's when you end up doing things you never thought you could, which is making sales during a shutdown. Well, you, I know you had uh, agents that have done that. We, we have agents who kept food on their, on their families' tables because they did that. They kept hustling, they kept, they kept calling. Um, you know, there's one thing that if we can say over and over, and this show isn't particularly about this, the last challenge I'm gonna give you is pick up the phone. We know you're on it because we followed you in traffic. <laughs> we, know, we know you're on it. Um, and please, don't be texting and driving. But it's like, reach out to those people you already know. Reach out to them and ask them today, how can I help you? And if you know people that are looking to sell, ask how you can help them. Um, even if they're under contract with somebody else, you never know. You build relationships with people and you never know where it goes. We're not saying coach another person, but do what's right. Think bigger, reach higher, and you'll do what you never thought possible. And boy, real estate's hot. Like I said, I talked to different people in different parts of the country and it's going good may even be a good time to get your license and uh and start the business but go into it knowing what you're coming up against that with sounds that, like doc let's send them out with our um usual socially distanced approved goodbye greeting absolutely we'll see everybody back on thursday and we talk about becoming that pivotal leader and what it takes to pivot and now is the time to pivot you can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.